Welcome to the University of Coruscant. As part of your enrollment here, you have access to the attached HoloNet recording. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on galactic history. You've selected a lecture by Dr. Sonny Ravencourt on pre-lightsaber technology. If you have any questions about this lecture or wish to contact us, please visit universityofcoruscant.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. You, no, you are far too kind. I am honored to have been hired by the prestigious University of Coruscant to teach Galactic History 101. I cannot say that I expected this, but after you've been in a few Holonet dramas, well, I mean, I guess your communicator number is a little bit easier to find. My honorary doctorate, I assure you, is real, but nonetheless, I hope that I'm more than just a pretty face here. I plan on providing you with an excellent review of galactic history. This semester, we are going to be breaking down one of my favorite subjects, class by class, and I am speaking of galactic weaponry. We have a galaxy of weapons at our disposals, from lightsabers to vibro knuckles to thermal detonators to turbo lasers. We are going to attack each show with the enthusiasm that I know you University of Coruscant Sabres are capable of. So without further ado, let's begin. The lightsaber. How can this not be your favorite historical weapon? In the modern galaxy, energy weapons are ubiquitous, particularly blasters. Lightsabers are extremely rare, and I cannot emphasize that enough. With trillions of people in the galaxy, you are pretty unlikely to ever see an activated lightsaber. And unactivated, frankly, you probably won't even notice it. Rarity always makes things historically interesting. Nobody wants to hear the history of sand. It's coarse, and it's rough, and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Very boring. But a colorful laser sword that can deflect energy bolts and melt Durasteel doors? Well, now we're talking. And then add in the fact that they're only created and wielded by Force users? I am all in. And then add in that they're omnipresent in the most pivotal moments in galactic history? Well, let's just say that your average youngling isn't swinging around a broom pretending that it's a gaffy stick. It is all about lightsabers. So now that you're all excited to talk about lightsabers, guess what? We are not going to talk about lightsabers. No! We're going to get ready to talk about lightsabers by talking about what came before lightsabers because, frankly, that is just as fascinating. Then, next week... When we do talk about lightsabers, you are going to feel so much smarter having known the history behind it. What a clever ruse to get you to attend class next week. I think Dean Fortuna should already be thinking about giving me a raise. So where did these lightsabers come from? The design of the lightsaber is very complex and frankly, almost impossible for the average person to recreate. 
This is not a situation of a barely sentient species finding one of these things amongst the rocks and then bludgeoning his neighbor with it. Quite the opposite, actually. You can trace its origins back to the ricotta. All right, all right, all right, all right. I know that a lot of historians use the ricotta as a cop-out for the origins of basically anything, but... I mean, they were an advanced civilization who more or less conquered the galaxy over 35,000 years ago. I mean, they figured out hyperspace travel all on their own and created a legacy called the Infinite Empire. That sounds really big. Naturally, they discovered a way to make cool laser swords. So much of the ricotta has been lost. But there is some evidence to point to what's known as a force saber. Like modern lightsabers, it was a focused plasma beam, but unlike today's version, it used crystals made from a lab through which the ricotta channeled dark force energy. Upside, well, I mean, these things weren't too hard to make, right? I mean, all you need is a lab and some alchemy and uh, you make a crystal. Then, unfortunately, you have to keep pumping dark side energy into it and you have a force saber. The downside is, of course, that every time you use it, you are falling a little bit further into the dark side, eventually being, unfortunately, consumed by it. The Ricotta, who were running around making this infinite empire, used these things extensively. They came in two varieties. The Force Saber, which looks an awful lot like a modern lightsaber, and then the Force Pike. Here, here's a hollow of the Force Pike. So for those of you in the back uh, with human vision, it is a long staff with a bit of a lightsaber at the end so that you know that that's the business end. You can really get some power into a thrust with a pike. Plus, the reach is excellent. The Ricotta had servants called Force Hounds. These servants would have to make their own Force Saber. But the Ricotta themselves They incidentally preferred the Force Pike for some reason. Uh, Maybe it was because they were tall. Uh, Maybe they just liked the look. I don't know. I mean, it was 35,000 years ago. (laughs) These Force Hounds, after making their Force Saber, would do whatever the Ricotta wanted them to do, including getting more Force Hounds. Uh, They fought a lot with these weapons. The Force Sabers behaved just like a real lightsaber, including all the cutting. So the Ricotta made their Force Hounds write their names all over their bodies in Arabesh. Of course it was Arabesh, right? So that if they needed to clean up the pieces of a Force Hound after a particularly nasty encounter with another Force Saber, uh, they could tell who he or she or it was. Incidentally, uh, sort of the earliest signs that lightsabers are really good at dismembering opponents. Fun fact about Force Sabers. Remember how I said that they're powered by a constant stream of dark side energy by the user into the crystal? Well, the Ricotta crashed a ship on Tython, which is where the Jedi were. We're going to get into this a lot more in the future, so don't get too hung up on the details, but the Jedi were obviously the origin of the Jedi Order. Well, there was a split in the Jedi Order at some point between the light side and the dark side. And where am I going with this? Well, some historians believe that it was the introduction of the Force Saber by the Ricotta that was the original source of this split. 
remember, you had to pour dark side force into the crystal to make the weapon work, which made you fall farther and farther into the dark side. Not so long after the Rakata threat was eliminated, suddenly you have the force wars between the light and the dark sides of the Jedi. I think it's pretty plausible that this weapon, if it didn't start the fall to the dark side for some of the Jedi, absolutely accelerated it. In the end, if you know anything about the Rakata at all, you know that they aren't around anymore, so that particular piece of technology is long gone. There is a blip in lightsaber history which is worth mentioning here. Sometime around this era, about 25,000 years BBY, we, okay, wait, hang on, this is, this is our first class. So when we say BBY, we mean before the Battle of Yavin. We had to pick something that was a reference point for galactic history, and that one had a really big explosion, which is always cool. So where was that? Okay. Um, so right around 25,000 BBY, before the Battle of Yavin, when the Rakata were pretty much gone and the Jedi were having their force wars against each other, this thing shows up. And this thing is called the First Blade. For all intents and purposes, it is a fully functional lightsaber. It was built by a Jedi called the Weapon Master. And he only built one, and maybe it was just by luck, but however he did it, he didn't tell anyone else how to do it, and they couldn't recreate it. The story goes that all modern lightsaber tech is based off the First Blade. To me, I mean, it really sounds like time travel, but good luck trying to figure out the science on how to pull that one off. Either way, this one blade wasn't enough to equip an army on either side, so when the Force Wars were happening, they pretty much just used regular swords. It's, it's just worth noting that this one little blip in history might be the first functional lightsaber. I'm telling you, time travel. It's pretty weird. Next up is the Proto-Saber, which frankly makes a lot more sense as a precursor to the lightsaber. There's two different weapons known specifically as the Proto-Saber, depending on which historians you believe. One of them is sort of a broadsword with two energized blades that slowly angle towards each other at the tip. There is really not a lot of historical information on this particular weapon, so we are just going to gloss over it. But it was technically called the Protosaber, and it did exist before lightsabers. The other Protosaber is much more logical and really easy to find in history. And aren't you all lucky that the University of Coruscant has a really big budget for the history department? I paid a certain Bothan associate of mine, a ton of credits to procure one of these. Let's fire this thing up. Oh, whoa. <laughs> that thing sounds terrible. If your visuals cut out on the broadcast of this, I'm gonna describe it to you. Think about a lightsaber except the hilt has a cable on the bottom that is connected to a battery pack about the size of uh, a Wookiee's fist. Okay, a small Wookiee's fist. 
The precursor to the modern lightsaber definitely existed as far back as 7,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. BBY. You all know BBY now. See, we can do this. BBY. The protosaber is unfortunately a tremendous energy hog, and once your battery pack was spent, well, I mean, you better hope that the other guy runs out of batteries too. And that was just the first of two problems. There wasn't a small enough power supply to get it all in the saber hilt, so you had to power it with a battery that you had to carry. The second problem is that now you have this cable between the battery and the protosaber. So forget about throwing it. Plus, if that cable ever got cut, well, I mean, that's the end of the show, right? It's an extremely wonky weapon, in my opinion, and it existed that way only out of technological limitations. Funny enough, this protosaber design actually shows up again in the Clone Wars thousands and thousands of years later when modern lightsaber technology was already everywhere. Some creative folks made protosabers complete with the battery pack and the cable, uh, but this time the battery pack acted in a different capacity, and it sort of gave it a, a power boost for a brief period of time, making a super powerful saber. Still, it seems pretty crazy to have to carry around a battery on a cord, but apparently this was a thing for a while. And that is going to take us to the modern era. But before we conclude, do we have any questions from the class? Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Just come on up. Step right up to the microphone, Droids. Come on. Come on. Hi, Professor. I love your class. Of course you do. But I do insist that you introduce yourself to your classmates if you're going to ask a question. Hyperia Pixel. When the Proto Saber came out, did it make everything else obsolete? Excellent question, Miss Pixel. You are a credit to Twi'leks everywhere. The answer is heavens no. When the Protosaber came out, it was competing with all sorts of force weapons. The old Ricotta trick of making force weapons by pouring dark force energy into special crystals, well, that was just lost to time. But folks sure did figure out how to pour some force into just any old weapon, making it significantly stronger. Plus, even if you weren't using the force to augment an axe, well, I mean, it was still an axe, so that's nice. Yeah, there was all sorts of force weapons during those times. My favorite story is uh, that of an old Jedi master named Vodo Siosk Bass, who liked to force up his walking stick for battles. Can you imagine being attacked by an old Jedi with a force-powered cane? Well... I'll bet Exar Kun, uh, the leader of the Sith Empire, could, because that's pretty much exactly what happened to him. Uh, now, unfortunately, that old Jedi Master was killed by Kun, which is not a great ending to this story, but still, hey, force-powered Kane, right? Well, that is it for this class. I will see you next week as we dive into modern lightsabers. Your homework is to try to make a force weapon. If you don't have the force, then just hook up some sort of battery to whatever it is you're working with and crank it up. This concludes your selected lecture from the University of Coruscant. For all questions or to contact us, please visit theuniversityofcoruscant.com.